It's my picks of everything. I think what I'm, um, whenever we get a chance to upgrade, what I want to do is get a mixer and maybe a boom stand okay. to keep the mic, get the mic off the table. Yeah, well. You know what I'm saying? It makes sense. And then I'll also get it closer to my face too. Um, to your face. Yeah, to my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. What are we drinking? Let's talk about that since we're here and we got written do we have to do, Should we do some kind of introduction? Do we need to do an introduction? I don't know. They don't know what the show is. Oh, this is the very first show of... Oh, this is the first show. Or is it? <laughs> or is it? You don't know. <laughs> Timey wimey. This is going to be our eighth first show recording. Actually, this is our second first show recording. Okay. Because def- that was definitely a first show recording, but it wasn't very good. No, no. It all. was fun. It was, it was fun. It was fun. And it was testing. And we learned a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. All right. So if you're going to do an introduction, do an introduction because I have All right. Hello. This is our show. That's stupid. All right. Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> Soccer breakdown. Uh, hello. Welcome to the first show of Among Wolves. And my watch, watch just beats. <laughs> Three, two, one. <laughs> Hello. This is what we're going to put at the end of the show. Here it is. I'm putting it all at the beginning. Hello. We have one more hour before that happens again. (laughs) At least we know when to stop. (laughs) Welcome to the very first show of Among Wolves. If this is not the first show, this is the first one we're recording. (laughs) (laughs) Or the second one we're recording, depending on how you're counting, because I don't think the other one counts at all. Um... Should we do like introductions? Do you want to talk a little bit about who you are or who I am? Or do we, yeah, that's probably my important. name's Neil. It is Neil. Neil, what do you do, David. Neil? What do you do, Neil? Are we talking about in general or like churchy stuff? In general and churchy stuff because that kind of encompasses the whole person. We don't fragment here. It's like we are whole persons in what we are we do. one body. We are one body, just like Jesus said. That's right. Okay. Um, <laughs> I am. Uh, husband and father Aww. of 1.65 kids and what else? I uh, sell hardware for a living so usually I say that I sell screws and people laugh at me leeringly and or leeringly <laughs> laugh at me that's better and uh, <clears throat> let me see what else that's pretty much it no um, what was it one thing, uh, I'm involved at our parish, and I like to uh, teach confirmation, which I might take a little break, but if I can sneak away from the house, <laughs> I might right. be able to aid. Well, this is, I think this is the aid, like this, like doing podcasts like this, even like, I think it'll be much easier too whenever you can do it from your own home, it'll be comfortable for Robert, especially, um, and the new, the new baby. When is, it's September 26th, 18th. September 18th. Okay, new baby's due on September 18th. Um, you're touching the table, and I can hear it on the microphone. Wow. wow. Don't touch the table. That's rule number three. <laughs> Actually, all the rules involve the table. <laughs> Don't touch the table. Uh, yeah, I'm David Hall. I am the director of Youth and Young Adult Ministries at St. Francis of Assisi. Uh, and you I should have led with him. Uh, should I have? No. It's fine. Keep going. So, Cut this out. <laughs> nah, we're not cutting anything. Uh, <laughs> So Neil is uh, um, the assistant to the t- the assistant to the director of youth ministry. Uh, 
and so I've been in youth ministry at St. Francis of Assisi for eight years now. Mm-hmm. And I know, right? And then prior to that, I was uh, director of youth ministry at a parish in Colorado. <laughs> and prior to that, I did volunteer ministry over at Prince of Peace. So I've been in ministry um, in ministry leadership since I was 17, which was like 18 years ago. Oh. Right. That means I was 17 longer than that. That is. That does mean you were 17 Four longer than that. Four years longer than yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you yeah. know. Actually, 18 years ago. I'm 36. Yeah. That's dead air. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I can cut out dead air. Cut out. That's easy. I had to cut out the ums. <laughs> cutting out ums is hard. And, and cutting out wind is even harder. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we're calling this podcast uh, Among Wolves, and the idea is that uh, um, we are sent out as sheep among wolves, and it also is derivative of one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Catching Foxes, which, you know, is, if you guys want to listen to a good podcast, listen to Catching Foxes. Otherwise, listen to Neil and I talk about stuff. Um, Yeah, the difference between their podcast and ours is they know what they're doing, and we don't. And so we just listen to a lot of podcasts. Yes. So we should have this down in about three or four years. Yeah. Listen, continue listening for three or four years and we'll sound like professionals. What, one of the reasons that we wanted to do this that Neil and I talked about was like that a lot of um, a lot of people who are our age now have teenagers that are in our programs. And I've noticed that the adults are more and more becoming my peers and not just people who are older than me or people who hang out at the church or whatever, but they're like my age Uh and they're, they're Neil's age. And we listen to a lot of podcasts. And so we figured that, you know, one of the ways to stay in touch with, um, what our, what our kids are going through in, in catechism classes or, um, in faith life or how to even talk to our kids about faith. Cause that's one of those stupid, hard things to do. Yeah. Um, it would be good to have like people who are kind of in that role, trying to talk to kids and, and just kind of see how we're doing it and struggling through it. And, and just so I guess people know that they're not by themselves and yeah. maybe get some ideas from it. Exactly. And then we'd be able to, you know, you know, talk a little bit and go over different subjects. Some of them will involve the subjects that we're, we'll be teaching in catechism class. Some of them will not, but it's another like, um, what do you call that with the, the supplemental sure. material? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or something like that. We use it like that. We'll be having guests on the show periodically. Yes. Some will be good guests. Sometimes, <laughs> Some probably sometimes we might have Aaron on too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we will also probably drink because that is one thing that we enjoy is uh, a responsible amount of alcohol while recording a podcast. Yes. Um, and today um, we are drinking a black and blue. Neil, tell us what a black and blue is. <clears throat> Black and blue is a combination of the blue moon and a Guinness. Um, It is derived from the standard black and tan, which was a bass and Guinness. So it was called black and tan because Guinness looks black and bass looks tan. I've actually never had a bass. Really? Yeah. They're very good. Really? And they're called pale ales, but it doesn't taste like most other pale ales. Where's it from? Oh, bass is English. It, it's an English beer? Yeah, it's an English beer. You know, if I'm going to drink it, I'm, I'm usually, if there's an English beer on the menu, I'm drinking a Newport. Okay. Yeah. I used to smoke Newports. Newports. Th- that's a joke. Those are cigarettes. <laughs> okay. I never smoked Newports. 
I didn't really smoke cigarettes, so let alone like menthols. <laughs> Newports are menthols? I think so. Oh, okay. I know pools are. Okay. Okay, this is well, anyway, continuing. This is not the smoking podcast. So. <laughs> Continue about the black and the, the black and blue. Black okay, so the black and blue is what we were calling it or what they call this because they've used several different black themed names for these drinks. So like I said before, the black and tan. So you what you do is you pour about half your um, glass with the bass and then you use a spoon and you slowly pour the Guinness on top and what's cool is the Guinness rests on top of the bass. It's a density thing because you are my density and what happens is so it sits there and then you can see a straight division between the black and the tan. What I prefer more is a drink called the half and half which is actually harp and Guinness both Irish, and since uh, harp is more of a yellow color because it's a lager. I was gonna ask. I was like, it's not an ale. No, no, no. It's yeah, it's a lager. It's a light lager. So it's like it's like most of our American buds, Coors, and right. Lager is the most popular drink in America. Yeah, right. Much more taste. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So (laughs) when you pour that in and you make it the black and yellow, it's. It stands out more. Black and yellow, black and yellow, like that's that's yeah. <laughs> I thought of that when I said it. So, so there they've done. They've had a Smittix, which is another. What's a Smittix? It's okay. Here we go. It's a, it's a it's a brown ale. It's it's um. Have you had Newcastle? Yeah, I love Newcastle. It's like, oh, I, I said Newport when I meant Newcastle. Oh, so all right. Scratch all that part about Newport. <laughs> Because I wasn't sure what he was talking about. I didn't want to be like, oh, Newport. I know that one beer. Maybe I don't know that beer. Yes, Newcastle. Okay, let's rewind. David likes Newcastle. Which I do is like a brown Newcastle. ale. It's That's brown. a delicious ale. Yes. It's a brown ale from England. And this is... <laughs> so, um, Smittix is kind of the Irish version of that. It's a brown ale that, t- you know, oh, it's got a little darker. I'll let you try some if I ever buy any. But, and so um, I, I serve beer at the Highland Games, which is a Scottish festival every April, second week of April. Therefore, they must have Irish beer. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you also got to go with what works because Nevada liquor laws determine that you have to purchase alcohol from a Nevada distributor. Old Mafia mobbed up. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So when I worked at Trader Joe's, Mm -hmm. and Trader Joe's made the Charles Shaw wine, and they had to sell the wine from Trader Joe's in California to Southern Wine and Spirits out here to sell to the Trader Joe's... Interesting. uh, What's it called? Stores out here. So you can't just ship it from the City of Industries warehouse straight to the... To the um, the store, the store. You can't. No, because it's alcohol. You could do everything else like that. So everything else we bought through uh, Southern Wine and Spirits or Deluca or any of those guys like that. So in a sense, we had different booze in Vegas than we did in California because we went through different stores. Kind of the same reason why we can't have bingo nights at the church. Probably. Right. Oh, because it's legalized gambling. Right. Or non-legalized or well, non, non-sanctioned non yes, gambling. Yes. And if we do, we can't call it bingo. What do we have to call it? Like, holy Whatever balls. <laughs> we probably shouldn't call it holy balls. But <laughs> Holy balls. That's what I said when I got bingo. <laughs> yeah. We want we want all the sixty year olds here to shout holy balls when they win. <laughs> holy balls, Agnes. But yeah, no. 
Um, so back to the point, what I was saying is, <laughs> they've taken it and somebody decided to use the Blue Moon, which is a wheat beer. Yes, it is. And a lighter beer. color. And then you throw that down and then you put the uh, Guinness on top like you do with the other beers. And... And then you call it a black and blue, which right. is funny because there's black and blue. Oh, back to the thing about the Semitics. You put those together. It's kind of like a black and tan, but it's really dark, so it doesn't look as good. And they call that a black smith. Ah, so, nice. Yes. That makes sense. And while I was at the Highland Games, we also served Coors Light. And I said if I mix the Coors Light and the Guinness, it would call it a black and silver because it's a silver bullet. But nobody nobody ever took me yeah. up on it, but... <laughs> I said, I said I'd pour it if they wanted to. If, I could do it. So here's the thing. If I was if I was stranded in the desert and had Coors Light, I would drink my own urine before I had to drink the Coors Light. Okay. Because it tastes the same. That's probably true. Just to let you know that on a hot, hot, hot day, Coors Light is really refreshing. Now, maybe it's because it's mostly water, but... I got a case of Coors Light for free, and I tried really, really hard to drink it. I'm like, this is free beer. I can't just give it away. And I think I gave it to you, actually. Did I give you that back of Coors, or did I give it to Paul? You could have given it to Paul. Maybe I gave it to Paul. But if you did give it to me, I probably would have still drank it. That's gross. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, <laughs> like I did with all the Filipino beer you gave me. Oh, the the what was the it? red horse. The red horse. That yes. was actually pretty good, but it was uh, really strong stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody bought any at our fundraiser. No, I know. They're like, get a Filipino beer, and then nobody bought the Filipino beer. Nobody bought it. Yeah. Yeah, that tends to happen. All right. So I guess this is supposed to be theological in nature and more than just. Um, Alcoholic in nature. We've been talking for 16 minutes. About alcohol. About alcohol. That's called priorities. <laughs> so Jesus liked alcohol. <laughs> he did. He didn't like alcohol. He wouldn't use wine. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, I guess I guess there's a lot of things we could talk about. Like, um, I don't know how stupid we want to get on this podcast. But I guess one of the things that I was interested in today was, um, and I don't, I don't actually know when or slash if we'll ever publish this. But today, um, the Vatican released a document on um, the uh, education and gender theory. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> Which was interesting. Um, so this is our first episode. <laughs> but also, I also want to talk about whether or not the existence of God actually matters. Um, oh, okay. Let's do something easy. <laughs> something easy. <laughs> and so, or other things. That, How about God? And does he exist? <laughs> Uh, other things to talk about. I don't know. I don't know. So it's just interesting stuff in, in or, or even like what it means to, to catechize or to echo the faith or whatever. Oh, speaking of which, um, and this, we can edit this out if it's stupid. But anyway, so. Um, yeah, it was stupid. So I edited it out. Here we go. That's what I say. You can go get a refill if you like. Okay. You're going to vamp? I'm going to vamp. I'm probably not going to vamp well because I don't vamp. That pause in the in the discussion was me taking a drink, my last drink of my beer. Well, it was delicious. So, um, yeah. So one of the one of the, one of the things that I find extraordinarily difficult in talking about faith and in educating the faith, like I've, I'm really comfortable 
educating groups of people and even individually like if there's a couple of people who come in and have questions about the faith or whatever i will talk i'll talk what's that do you want more of these i think i have more in the other fridge but you're welcome to drink that all right yeah i think i'm gonna just pour it in just pour it in whatever so so we're recording this podcast at my house by the way and um all the babies are finally asleep and we're just figuring this out so anyway um i I can teach a groups of people hundreds of people and even even a couple of people sitting sitting down and having a theological discussion i can have those discussions um but one of the things I find most difficult is actually talking about the faith and teaching my own son. Um, I actually have three children. I have my oldest son, he's six years old. My middle son is um, five years old and he has autism, so he doesn't have any language currently. But And my youngest um, is a daughter and she is two years old. And uh, right now we're in the middle of vacation Bible school, which is where your kids come and we talk about Jesus and all this stuff. And I find that this... At, at and me as the MC at Vacation Bible School is probably the most that I've actually talked theologically with my son. And it's because I'm in front of a group of people, a group of children, and talking about God's goodness or talking about the Exodus story or talking about whatever um, to a large group and not one-on-ones with my son because it's it's really hard. And I don't know what makes it hard. I think maybe it might be the intimacy level or whatever um, where that's, I feel like if, if I lead him the wrong direction if I say the wrong thing, I turn him off for the faith. If I push him too hard, I push him away from the faith. I don't really know. But anyway, so what I was talking about was like how the difficulty of um, sharing the faith with my own son. And, oh. Yeah, and, and struggling there because I don't have a problem talking theologically to large groups of people or even like with you or um, – with one. Yeah, or, or, or peers or even teens. But my own son um, – I struggle with talking about the faith and I don't know what that is. I don't know too because I mean at this moment I have a two year old as of the moment of the recording <laughs> and and I don't like I don't know I it, even just things like oh I'm gonna have to teach him how to throw a baseball I'm gonna teach him this but then it's like I'm gonna have to teach him about Jesus right and to me that seems weird or something because the other thing too is most of the stuff I teach with church or something I'm not teaching to somebody off the street right I'm teaching to people who've already been through 10 years or 9 years of catechism so it's like I don't have to be like oh well there's this God guy and then there's this beard dude Jesus and these are the things they do. It's like, okay, you've already heard this. Now we're going to move on right. and tell this stuff. So I don't know about the 101 classes right now. I'm already in like the, the last years. Right. So to me, I'm even just like thinking like, what did my dad do? I don't know because I think it's that thing where earlier today we were talking about taking your kids to church and like – on how it's a pain to bring a two-year-old or, you know, three-year-old to mass and then they're always wild. And then it's like, oh, I can get more out of mass if I don't bring the kids. But then you're not, I don't want to say training them to go to mass, but like getting them into the routine of going to mass. So it's like, 
I don't know if my parents did that with me. Right. And that's all of a sudden how I knew everything was going on. Because I don't remember my dad sitting there and saying, let me tell you a story about Jesus. Exactly, right? And even even my dad, my dad was, um, he was Baptist whenever he married my mom and then became Catholic. Because she made him. Uh, right. Because she's Filipino. Because <laughs> she's Filipino. And so... Um, so my dad, being a convert to the faith, was really on fire about the faith. He actually knows a lot about the faith. And his dad was a Baptist preacher, so he knows a lot about Scripture. And even whenever he would want to try to teach us about the faith, it was usually in the context of a classroom. Like, he would enroll us in religious education and then teach the religious education class. So I remember, for the most part, since we grew up in the diocese of the military, um, we would travel around and around. But my dad was still my primary catechist, but not my personal primary catechist primarily like he catechized a, a group of people together now like the class like the classroom and now did he, he move up with you he did move up with me which I think that was his way of trying to be our primary catechist and he did a really good job and I remember stuff at home that he really tried to be and and I remember it was tough and awkward like he he literally bought um, these uh, storybook bibles like it was a huge like you remember the um, encyclopedia brand Britannica. Britannica. Right. There was that. Millennials. <laughs> no, they all get it. Oh. There, there was that for um, the Bible. There was there was a set, of, I think it was like 14 different books or 15 Holy different smokes. books. Or, right. And so he bought that. And um, I remember it was maybe on several occasions he pulled it out and, and had all the kids come around, you know, all three kids, the three of us or whatever, come around and um, try to be like dad at home catechizing, right? Ah. But I know it was weird and awkward for him. Um, he it, was more comfortable teaching the class. The class setting. And he's like, my kid's in this class, so he'll get it from this. Exactly. Was he always in your class? Always in my class. What about the girls? I have no idea. Is that why? Because the world around, revolves around me. Oh, is that it? Now, just realizing you with the older sister and the younger sister would never be in the same class. Right. Is that why you're Mr. Churchy and they're not? You know, may, maybe. I don't know. But I know that my dad always saw my class. Maybe they were on different days. I don't know. I know that my dad, like, I was a nightmare as a kid. Like, I was rough. I remember in second grade getting in a fight in the middle of the classroom. And, and this is religious class? No, this was this was public school. Regular school. In, in, in public public school in second grade I got into a fight like a, a full on fist fight like desks were moved around we were rolling on the floor wrestling or whatever um, the kid ended up becoming my best friend and I was forbade from seeing him for like a year but whatever um, <laughs> and they, they literally had to sit us down and say that there's we, we, we need to make it so that there's no way that 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 your son and this son can be in the same class ever again in, in, in this or whatever like I was rough and and I understand that and like parts of the ways that I used to have fun was to ride a bike um, through the Mormon church that was across the street from our house because we grew up in Utah and so there was a Mormon church there and we would have a friend open up one door and I would ride my bike through that in the middle of their services and then ride around because it was a circular building and then and then exit out another another building so I was rough I understand that I was rough and I was mean I chased my sisters around with knives like I was a I was a scary, messed up kid. And so maybe that's why my dad decided to teach my catechism classes. Because you needed it. Yeah, because I was the spawn of Satan and I needed um, I needed help. But, um, yeah, I, 
I also know that my dad would have long, long lectures with me whenever I would do stupid stuff. And Mine would, too. Right. But they weren't necessarily God-centered unless I brought up God. Oh, um, mine were never. Oh. Any of my dad lectures, like, those were just, you're just a screw-up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe not to that offense or effect, but, like, it was very, like, you got to be better at this and blah, blah, blah. And when I was a kid and la di di da And then I'm like, I wish my dad beat me because these are so boring. <laughs> And, like, I could just, like, die inside. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going to do that. I really hope not. But that's the thing. But, no, never like lectures on things like that. And we never got God lectures like that. But I did, you know, nothing about it. We had a book. There was no Britannica stuff. We had, like, a storybook, you know, like, for kids. Right. With pictures and stuff. My problem is I had trouble when we got to Abraham. And I kept thinking of Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) Because the thing to yeah, that's as far back as the past goes. I guess. Or it's the fact that when you get a name like Abraham, it's like, there's no way there's two guys with the name Abraham. <laughs> Unless you're Muslim. <laughs> I, well, at that time, I don't even think... You I probably didn't know Muslims, Muslims existed. existed. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, what? So I remember him reading the book like that. So we got, you know, it was like, I don't even know how far away. I don't know if it even did New Testament or it was only Genesis. Or maybe we didn't get past the Abraham part of the book. <laughs> but I remember him reading these things. Yeah. But I mean, Dad taught me the Our Father and the Hail nice. Mary and all that. And, you know, I was the one, you know, I was the kid in class. And I was like, oh, I got all these down. Right. You know, and then he... He likes to break things down and explain it too. So, oh, really? Yeah. Like he actually broke down the Our Father and explained to it to a you? point. Yeah. That's interesting. No, I was just it was more for me. It was more memorization, which, which memorization is the mother of all learning. And so, yeah. I, will, I will by no means fault my parents for that at all. Um, but I know it was tough for them. I know to talk about faith. I think currently to talk about faith is kind of tough. Tough for them. But it wasn't really as much of faith. When he was explaining the prayers. Right. It was more of like... This is what we do. You know, what was it? Thy... Or what, no, no. It was, it was trespasses. Trespasses mean this. And... Oh, neat. You know, stuff like that. Or whatnot. Right. You know? And he kind of broke those things down when he did it. So... But back to your thing with your your parents in the, in the prayers or in the explaining the faith I think it's funny too because of like the differences because we've had a discussion before where I think you were pointing out like your parents were like the type of people who would like never miss mass but you don't know if they pray right until like I found like a rosary under my mom's pillow then I'm like that girl definitely prays right okay (laughs) so (laughs) that's no but that's the thing too because I one thing I hate is the oh I'm not religious but I'm very spiritual oh yeah because it's very cliche of those things but exactly it's popularly cliche but in a sense I can see that you can use those things where your parents and like um, I know Lisa will be like that too or something like that where it's very religious in you know the what do you call it like the the meaning of the word religious of like going to 
I, that's the popular really. meaning of the oh, the, the meaning oh, the root that? the true meaning of the word religious means to bind. I mean, it's oh. it's relational in, in in nature to to be religion or to be in religion is to bind yourself to God. That's the idea of gotcha. sorry. What am I thinking? No, 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 no. That's good. Um, so not the true meaning, but like the um, secular like popular meaning, meaning or something. Or I do this religiously. Yeah, yeah. I put on my socks yeah. left before right. I do right. that religiously. So in a sense, they're going to mass religiously. I will go every week regardless if I'm paying attention or caring or right. whatever because it's something you have to do and I always thought you know like you were saying that's kind of how your parents were doing things like that or whatnot and then I would think of my parents and I'm like God my parents have been inside a church three times in five years but I know my dad is like praying every day. Right. And my mother, like when we go on car trips, she's like, oh, Lord, bring down all your angels and follow us there. And and she would pray to St. Michael for everything. That's awesome. And I gave her so much crap about that because I go, Mom, <laughs> you better quit praying to St. Michael because you're asking him for little stuff. And he's supposed to be there protecting some cop getting shot. <laughs> Because you know what he's a patron saying of, and that's not cool. And she's like, shut up. It doesn't work that way. And it's like, no, I don't know, Mom. You are taking St. Michael's away. busy. St. Michael's busy for your crap. You lose your car keys. You pray to St. Anthony, not St. Michael. St. Michael ain't got no time for that. <laughs> I, was, I was terrible. That's good. Oh, I thought it was funny. But yeah. So she would be very prayerful, and my dad, I think, would just pray for, like, all that stuff. But, I mean, there was a point in time where he received more communion in the hospital than actual churches. Because when he'd be sick or something, and, you know, he and, and they had to, like, uh, do his kidneys, you know, get his, his levels right. And it'd take, like, three or four days while right. it's at St. Uh, Rose. Right. So there's always somebody coming by with communion. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll take some of that, you know. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, he'd be like, oh, nice person came. In. Oh, this priest came in. Oh, this and this. And I said, so you received, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah communion like three times this week or whatever. And I'm like, cool. I said, well, wait a second. When was the last time you've been in church? I think your wedding, what, three, four, five years ago? I don't know what year this was. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and I did the math, and I was pretty sure you received more communion. In the hospital than in church. But I know he's constantly right. praying for whatever right. or something like that. And that's just where he's at. And that's yeah. and you know, I think that that's I think that's some of the stuff that we that we all struggle with is under, for one, like understanding where our kids are at. And now as adults, for you and I, understanding where our parents are at in their faith. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's probably one of the issues for me with with trying to talk to my my sons and my daughter about faith is I don't know where they're at. Um, and I'm worried, I guess, that whatever I share might push them further away from the faith mm-hmm. um, rather than bring them to the faith. Because as a youth minister, like I hear horror stories and I see kids come in of like, oh, my parents made me do this and this and this. And I hate God and I hate the church and all this stuff. Oh, like um, rosary punishments. Right, right, right. Which I actually experienced as a kid, but not from my parents. I don't think from my parents, but from a youth minister, actually. Um not not Michelle. Michelle was awesome. I love you, Michelle. Anyway. If you're listening. 
but from um, from another um, catechist teacher or whatever, like who was who was a youth minister or whatever, and uh, um, yeah, so that was not good um, to the idea of punishing somebody by making them pray um, or by trying to fix somebody by sitting here with me and kneel in this broom and pray a rosary or whatever. Oh, uh, my uncle had to lean, kneel on beans, like dried beans. Oh, really? Because he. Um, squirmed or messed around in church and didn't behave. So grandma would throw the beans on the floor or something and said, all right, you kneel on those and sit in the corner for hours or whatever. Redemptive suffering. Yeah. But he probably didn't get it, so not sure it was redemptive. Of course, go. I'll... Actually, out of all my aunts and uncles, he's probably the most... The I was going to say, God, goes... <laughs> God can do anything, so, so I mean, maybe it was redemptive. Oh, but... <laughs> <laughs> that does work. I don't want to touch you too much, but that was the thing where my grandma ran a retreat. You know this. And all my aunts, I have my mom has four sisters and one brother. And they all go on this retreat and have been involved in it. And my grandma tried to get my uncle to go on this retreat. And he's like, I'm not doing that. I play baseball. I do this and that. I can't take my weekend off. And then grandma's like, don't worry. I'll pray for you. Real quick, side note. When my grandmother prays for you, watch out because something's crazy (laughs) happen. So... He sits there. He's like, you can pray to your eyes, bleed mom. I'm not doing this and this. Lo and behold, the next week, my uncle breaks his leg playing baseball. (laughs) So he cannot play baseball over the weekend. So he has the free weekend to go on the retreat. Nice. So somehow, grandma broke his leg through prayer. That's Just to let you know. So God does work that way. (laughs) That's that's funny because I actually once heard a... um, an interpretation of the lost sheep, like, because um, in um, first century Palestine, like, if a if a shepherd actually kept losing the same sheep over and over, um, part lamb of, chops, not, not not lamb chops, but part of the part of the way to keep the sheep part of the fold would be to break its leg, so that way it would have to stay in the fold while the leg was on the mend, and then um, as the leg would mend, it had that whole time of like regular practice being in the fold, mm-hmm. and so it's less likely to leave the fold again, uh-huh. so. The idea was uh, some of those, or, or a priest would say that some of those um, um, good shepherd images where, where the good shepherd oh, is holding, holding the sheep, that one of the legs has been broken or whatever. Uh, and so he's holding it. So, <laughs> so your grandmother had God Should break the break. leg of this lost sheep. Stay in the fall, so he was Ricky, in the fall. And thus here he is. So redemptive suffering. Anyway, if I ever do, if I ever get to the point where I do a doctorate, it'll be on the soteriology of redemptive suffering. And that'll be fun. And we'll talk about that on the podcast sometime. That would be kind of fun. Interesting. Sure. Um, but mostly for the nerds because it is kind of nerdy. Okay. Or we'll bring in my uncle. Or bring in your uncle. That'd be fun. I actually never met your uncle. So that'd be maybe No, fun. you probably haven't, huh? Yeah. He came out. God. He was out here in last August for my mom's mass. So. Oh, I was at your mom's mass. Yes. Oh, yeah, you were, weren't you? Yeah. I was holding yeah. the baby. Oh, no, no. That was the funeral. Oh, that wasn't. We had Father John. Sorry. My, uh, <laughs> Father John did a dedication to my mom after a year after she died. Oh. It's, you gotcha, know, the ones gotcha. where you have to pay money right, to right, do right. it? Well, he didn't. You don't pay money. That's simony. Oh, sorry. But you make an offering to the church. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> As a, a, a gesture of gratitude for the priest saying a mass in the name of a loved one. Right. We do not charge people things <laughs> at church. 
But if you give money to the church, things go a little more your way. I'm fired for this podcast. I.e. parking spots. <laughs> anyway, continue. You can cut this out. So, uh, probably won't. So what happened was I got I got in the mail a little what's it called? Um, a card. No, no, yeah, but it's like a... A fancy card. Yeah, but one of those things for the... Like, you put your diploma in, you know, like a... It was squishy and... What do they call that? Placard? Like cardboard and it opens up. A placard. Okay. No? Yes? I, I don't guess, know. maybe. Maybe. No. I don't think maybe. that's right. Whatever. We'll Whatever it, it is. It's like a certificate to show this mass was in dedication to your mother on this day. Mm-hmm. And when I read it and I went, wait a second, that was like last week. I can't believe Father John did a mass for my mom and I didn't even know about it. <laughs> then I looked, it's next year. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, well, I got plenty of time to prep. So my aunts and, and, and my uncle and like some friends of the family came out just to go to the mass or something. That's cool. So, and then we had them over, Lisa and I had the, what's it called? Um, you know, like dinner or something at our house or whatever. And they brought stuff. So it was cool. But if he comes out in August, I'll have him come over and talk to you. Yeah. There you go. We'll have him on the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what other bad things did grandma do to you? <laughs> Or so, yeah. how did God punish you because grandma <laughs> wanted something? So uh, that's actually another good thing about this podcast. My thoughts is that us recording our thoughts on faith, maybe one day, like Joel might actually listen to this. And even if it's even if it never goes anywhere, I mean, if it's if it's never like valuable to anybody else, my son will get to hear my thoughts on the faith. You know, and and however difficult that is for me to actually say that in person with him. He can go back and listen to it. That's perfect because it's kind of like how your dad did. Your right. dad was comfortable in teaching a class. I'm more comfortable in teaching a class. And this way he was teaching you in a group setting instead of a one-on-one where you and I are doing this in a discussion setting where we have a comfort level because of this peer level kind of thing. Right. And we're also like saying these things in the mic and blah, 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 so that other people can hear it. You're not talking to Joel one-on-one. Right. And this way he can get a one-on-one, eh, maybe not a one-on-one experience so much of like, hey, this is how Papa feels. Right. This is the way Papa thinks. Right. And it's not as good. I know that. And I'm, I'm trying to be better at it. And I think that's what this, this week of Vacation Bible School is actually kind of kind of teaching me to that I need to be better at talking to my son about faith as I experience it now. Um, but I, I know that that's tough and it's not easy. And the words don't always come out right. Like even on a podcast, the words don't always come out right. Like we have time to prep, but we don't. <laughs> we haven't yet. <laughs> Maybe we will one day, um, but it's called the rundown. <laughs> but but I recognize that it is better, and it would be better coming from my own mouth to my own son. Oh yes, uh, and and I've, I'm actually trying to work on that. I mean, we were driving home today, and a song came on the radio about forgiveness or whatever, and we started talking about it. And he was saying that, oh, when I was little, I used to things wrong, do do things wrong, but I don't anymore, right? I was like, no, we all still do things that are wrong. And he says, but I said, but but I'll always forgive you whenever you do something wrong, and. <laughs> And he said, um, 
he said, but what if you don't forgive me? I said, baby, I love you. And so I'll always forgive you for the things that you do wrong. And that was, I don't know if it meant anything to him, but it meant a lot to me for me to be able to like, to, to give a little image of how God might love him. Like my love is imperfect, obviously. And, but he might be able to get a glimpse of God's forgiveness through my ability to just express that I would forgive him for anything. And that's you saying that to yourself too. Like, I'm gonna love you so much that you know. Oh, that's I'm going to another level. Well, <laughs> think about that yeah, too, because yeah, you said point. it without realizing right. what you're saying it. Because you're thinking more of like, oh, here's my way of teaching you on how God can do it. So I'll put me in that place so that I can show that I love you. Right. But then there's the other way where you see on so many instances in life, or especially you know in in days gone by, where it's like, oh, you did this, well, you're dead to me, and you're not part of the family anymore. More, mm-hmm. you know and where you know sometimes people just can't handle those things like that but if you feel like you can do that kind of thing and feel like there's nothing you can't do that I won't forgive you I might not like you for these things but I'll always love you right but that's that's I think the radical thing about God is God likes us and loves us regardless of those things and he always calls us to us or always God. calls us to him right right and I'm starting to get it a little bit in the example like I mean I've been doing ministry for a long time yes long time <laughs> and in in that time there's been like teens and young adults who for whatever reason like uh, wrote me off like they they got mad or they started to take their life in another direction and completely like ignored ignored me and ignored the faith and all those things um and then something changed in their life. A lot of times it happens with like a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever. Why they rope off. Exactly. And wow, then all yeah. of a sudden, like all of a sudden faith doesn't matter anymore. And then something happens with that boyfriend or something happens with that girlfriend. And then they come back and, um, like one of our friends. Yeah. Or several of our friends actually. But, um, but in, in this, in those situations, like, I don't feel anything but gratitude and thankfulness that they come back. Oh, like, like the, the prodigal son's dad. Exactly. And I'm like, God, do you, do you, do you have that same feeling for me? And I know that in, in my own in my own humanness, I would be like, I'd be kind of disappointed that that's, that that's what it took to bring them back. But at the same time, so grateful that they are back. Mm-hmm. So grateful that I get to hang out with them again. So grateful that we can talk about stuff again. Um, and it not and it, and it be okay and it not be weird and them to know that I love them regardless of of the time that they spent away from from me or from the church or whatever mm-hmm. um, and that they're they're always family and that they're always welcome um, and then to, to extrapolate that to, to God and to us um, man that's that's a crazy crazy thought it's just yeah it sounds just like the dad right. And I think that that's that's the idea of that that reckless love is that it is it's it's just it's just freely given and there's no like there's no like thing you can do stipulations yeah it's just it's the sufficient grace of God yeah. It's usually we get bogged down on those petty things where it's like oh now you need me now that that lady dumped you right. Yeah, I said, Lee, we can't put explicit tags here. (laughs) (laughs) We would prefer to have a podcast without an explicit tag. Family friendly. Family friendly, because we want want you to be able to listen to this with your children in the car or or listen to this at all. (laughs) 
Where are we at? We're at we're at an hour. Look at that. That's pretty decent. We we recorded an hour that actually probably didn't suck for the most part. No, no. I'm saying if you made it through the first 15 minutes, unless you like beer. Yeah, that's true. The first five or seven minutes then were God awesome. bless you. God bless you. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah we got to talk about cool stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm kind of anxious about this confirmation season that I'm not going to be part of. I am too, actually. But my wife is taking your class, so I think I'm okay with that. I know. As long as she's okay with me in the classroom. I'm just going to tell you, she's not going to be. I know that. And right. you have to give her some space. I can't. That's I confirmation you, too. I know. I almost wanted to kick you out a few times. But that's confirmation too. I, I got to be there. I know. But part of me was like, hey, I'm the teacher. And I start teaching. And then David's like, let me show you this on the board. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even need to come today. Uh, okay. <laughs> People listening, you are lucky there is not a whiteboard for you visible because there would be a whiteboard and there would be drawings and there would be explanations that would mean nothing unless you're super nerdy. Right. Um, I used to just draw things on the board. And then O'Neill is supposed to actually come back to teach Confirmation 1. Yes. So and I'm, I'm really excited about that because I like O'Neill and he's very good. I like him too. So He's really good with Confirmation 1. I think and so. he too. even pointed out, he's like, I'm never doing Confirmation 2. Yeah, Confirmation 2 is... Confirmation 2 is a different beast. But Confirmation 1, like, he's so good about that catch-up because a lot... And especially on Wednesday nights because a lot of the kids that end up on Wednesday nights are a lot of the kids that actually haven't been to catechism since, like, they were in second grade. Ah. And so Wednesday nights ends up being a really good opportunity for catch-up. And he has this skill where he makes memorization passionate, which is bizarre and beyond me because I can't, like, like, let's memorize the Ten Commandments and then all of a sudden people are bored... But for him, it's so there's a passion and there's a fire behind it that That's good. it works out. Really I try to get him to memorize them too. Oh, there's the beep. oh, there's the beep. There's the beep. Ah! That's the beep. I'm so, not gonna be able to edit that out, but that's nah, fine. it's fine. It's more funny this way. Yeah. We can probably leave it in on the first side too. Who knows? That's probably true too. But and I can't turn that off. I don't know. You can't turn the beep off on your well, phone. On your somebody watch. can, but I'm, I'm I couldn't do it. All right. Well, apparently the beep is gonna be another co-host. Oh, that's good. Or the producer. The beep is the producer. We need a producer of the show who sits in the back and we're like, hey, look that up again. How many apostles was that? Was that 12? They're like, I'm checking Wikipedia right now. And the beep cuts us off like, you guys are done. You guys are done. Oh, yeah. I love Wednesday nights. For us, Wednesday night, it's like, I don't know. It just feels like at times it was like. Oh, this is the redheaded stepchild of right. confirmation because everything was Sunday. Everybody went to Sunday. They had all the different grade levels. They had all this stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, you signed up too late. So you go on Wednesday and you go to Matt, you go to a confirmation on Wednesday and there's no other grade levels. Right. There's nothing else going on. Maybe choirs practicing in the church and then you're sitting there and you're like oh it's just us yeah and when i had like classes of 14 it's like okay this is kind of cool now it was like big classes so right. it's, it's because yeah. i have my best catechist on wednesday night. wow you used to <laughs> <laughs> all right we should probably end this somehow yes how are we gonna end this we'll have to come up with catchphrase uh screw catchphrase okay leave the gun take the cannoli take the cannoli what are we gonna call this episode by the way oh the first one the first, the first episode or is this when you come up episode with one a new hope <laughs> I think it's been used before uh, actually that was four <laughs> that's true episode four a new hope so we should call this episode one episode a new hope. four <laughs> <laughs> that's how you start things 
Episode one. Episode four. That's how Lucas did it. That's how America did it. It's worked out pretty well so far. That's how Lucas did it. That's how Star Wars does it. Okay. And it's worked out pretty well so far. Okay. All right. Well, we'll either do that or we'll call it like the differences between black and tans and half and half. Yeah. Something. I don't know. We'll figure all it right. out. Well, all right. Well, we'll do another one of these someday. It'll be all done in the editing. We should try this again next week. All right. All right. Cool. All right. Amen and God bless. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.